Welcome to the journey of you, where we equip you to think with purpose, empower you to act in purpose, and encourage you to live on purpose. Hi, I'm Tonya. I love to learn and I love to teach. As a coach, I get to do both. I get to learn about you and about the ways that I can help you. Then I get to teach you how to reach those goals you've set for yourself. Infidelity in my marriage has affected me unlike anything else that I have experienced. It stripped me of my confidence and self-worth and caused a level of insecurity that wasn't there before. I lost sight of who I was as a woman before I ever became a wife or a mother. But through God's love and grace, I slowly began to see myself as he sees me. Loved, chosen, accepted, enough, worth dying for. I realized that my identity was solely in Christ, not in a man or his actions, or his search to validate things in him that had nothing to do with me. I matter, and so do you. That's why I want to help you see yourself the way that God sees you, one mindset shift at a time. In order for you to get started today, you can go to www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. Again, it's www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. And let's get you started thinking with purpose today. <laughs> Hello, Journey of You community. Welcome, welcome. Today, I have a special treat. I'm going to be talking to Renate Washington. She's the owner and founder of Refined Beginnings Counseling Services, and I cannot wait to dive into the importance of this. So welcome and thank you so much. I'd, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Okay, well, um, as you stated, my name is Renate Washington. I am a licensed professional counselor I'm here in Georgia, and then I'm a licensed mental health counselor um, in the state of Florida. I am also a college professor. I currently am teaching online for Florida State College at Jacksonville because we no longer reside in Florida. Um, but they thought well enough of me to keep me on staff, and so I accepted that. Um, I'm currently also attending Mercer University um, to obtain my doctoral degree. Um, because I'm pursuing the tenure track of teaching um, college. So that's kind of what I'm in the process of doing now. Um, I service clients in the state of Georgia and then via telemental health in the state of Florida and soon um, telemental health for the state of South Carolina. Um, hopefully in, in the next month, that'll be set up and, and up and operating. And um, credential-wise, my accolades... Um, I'm also a clinical professional supervisor for therapists who are seeking to become licensed therapists. I am a certified anger management specialist as well. I work with couples, women, a handful of teens. Um, that's kind of where I started. And so I always will accept teens if I, if I see that they are having severe challenges um, just so they can be successful. Um, I am a therapist for... 95%, I would say my practice um, helps clients who are African-American. Um, we don't discriminate, but I am very honest. I'm very open in that I am here to help people who, who look like me um, and other um, ethnicities who also are considered people of color. Um, that's the bulk of the work that um, I do and the people that I work with. Absolutely. I love it. Let's talk about both of those things a little bit deeper. One, Black and Brown community. 
counseling has always been kind of a stigmatism or a taboo type of thing to talk about. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. And then two, you say, and you started with teens, like, did you always know therapy was the path that you wanted or how did you come across knowing that was like your purpose? Um, I honestly did not know that therapy would be something that I would be doing. Mm-hmm. I initially started out um, on, on the track to become an attorney. Okay. And so life changes, life happens, and then you have to figure out, okay, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. I'm still in the sense of being able to help people who are deemed underprivileged um, because that is where I stem from as well, mm-hmm. um, by definition. Um, I, I grew up in a home with um, a single mom. Um, before residing with my mom, I resided with um, another lady, um, my adopted mom. Um, I always knew my grandparents, things of that nature, but didn't have the um, societal, you know, two parents, picket fence, one little cute furry doggy. That just was not my um, my background. And so what I saw growing up, from my perspective, were a lot of people who look like me are in that same um, colorism to me being mistreated, not being afforded the same opportunities, resources that other people had. And so my mindset was to to help those people. Um, Even if they did do something that they should not have done, doesn't mean like we just void them off the face of the earth. So my thought process was even if they have done something, let it be just, let it be fair. Um, is what made me feel like I wanted to be an attorney. Um, Claire Hustle was like just the role model, um, literally. Okay. I'm like, oh, Claire can do it. I can do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> definitely. And so, like I said, life circumstances, um, I became a teen mom. Um, I had my daughter one month before I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely didn't want to leave her. So I'm like, well, what else can I do? that maybe wouldn't be as vigorous um, is what I thought initially, but being a counselor is also vigorous. Um, so I definitely had the wrong concept. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well then maybe I can do nursing. That can be helpful. Um, that wasn't going to be my cup of tea. I found that out quickly in my classes that, yeah, that's not for me as well. And so just saying kind of segueing, trying to figure out how to still help people and then in what reference can I help people? And so um, I had gone back to school. One of my um, counselors was like, well, have you have you ever thought about like social work? And I'm like, social work? I don't know. They don't make a lot of money. Because, yeah. um, you know, you, you have to have money. Like I'm the single mm-hmm. mom, I need money. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh, I don't think they make a lot of money. But am I just researching what it could look like? I'm like, okay. This may be a possibility because they work in so many different settings. So I could work at a hospital still if I mm-hmm. wanted to. I can work in so many different settings, education, criminal justice. I'm like, so at least it gives me op- options. Yeah. And so I started in social work. So I switched to so, um, social work. Um, I did that for three years, um, undergrad before deciding, hmm, let me just change it to behavioral science. Because I want to know how people mind works. Like mm-hmm. what makes you do the things that you do? How does your environment influence you how do your friends influence you how does television influence you so I was just like a brain person at that point um and so I did my first internship um substance abuse and what I saw honestly was the adults were getting help because they're in an inpatient 
facility. Mm-hmm. But then I saw children who weren't getting help because they would show up on visit visits, visit with their parents, visit with their loved ones. And then you see them just screaming, crying because now that visit is over. And then these kids have to go back to, you know, whomever that they're living with. And I'm like, wow, that's major. Yes. Who are helping these kids. Mm-hmm. And so then I got the bright idea, like, yeah, I like working in substance abuse. I think I want to work with the kids. Yeah. Let's create, let's create something for the kids. Like let's create a group for the kids so they can process. Um, Cause that's constant, consistent separation, mm-hmm. trauma, anxiety, for some of them, I'm sure depression, some of them behavioral issues um, because yeah, I miss my parent. Let's be, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of segue into working with teens. Um, and it was pretty cool for a while um, until I started figuring out like, huh, and able, you know, in order for this to work, I need the parents mm-hmm. to participate, to engage, to also make behavioral changes. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. Um, because then people think you're questioning their their parenting skills. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're saying I'm a bad parent. You're saying I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, no, I'm just saying if we can work on these things, it makes the whole situation better for the family. And that just became training. Um, unfortunately, me, and then I just decided, who do I really want to work with? Like every day when I wake up, who are my people? How do I find these people? How do I convince them that I'm your person? And I'm like, do what you do best and do what you know. You you know about being a woman mm-hmm. on many different levels. Um, as a single parent, as a parent who is now married, as um, a parent who was going to school and, and trying to make a good life, um, as a wife and making those adjustments mm-hmm. um, and transitions of having to move from place to place because my husband um, was in the Navy. So just on a lot of different levels as an individual who wants more, which mm-hmm. means I still maybe need to go to school to, to make some things happen. Um, from being in the work environment, from being um, a worker, to being in management, to being in program managing. So just on so many different levels, I'm like, I've had these experiences. I've had the experience of pretty much like meeting my mom, getting to know her, and I'm 12 years old. You know, that's a pivotal time Mm -hmm. Um, in any teenager's life. That 12 to like 16 is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that separation as well. I understand like not fitting in. I understand being a people pleaser, trying to find love, figure out what that looks mm-hmm. like. So just on so many different levels, I'm like, oh my God, I just need to work with people who are females. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's when I just made the switch, the shift to I'm only working with females. And then I narrowed that down to I'm only working with people of color. Who are females? Let's talk about that. for all the ones that are listening right now that mm-hmm. maybe they've been the single mom or the teen mom. They've dealt with depression, anger. They know they need help, but they're not sure how to get started. Let's talk about the benefits of therapy or how they even find like they're you, like you talked about, you're their people. How do they walk those steps? Yeah, the, I think the first thing that I share with anybody when you first start thinking about coming into therapy. Mental health to me 
starts with the first two letters in mental health. The first two letters are M-E, me. It, it's about you. What, mm-hmm. what are you seeking? What is it that you feel you need? What is it that you feel is missing? How does coming into that realm help you with whatever it is that you have stated is your final outcome that you're seeking. So if it is a person who is suffering from from anger, um, what is it that you want? Do you want to decrease having anger episodes? Do you want to learn how to better control your feelings so that you can be more logical in how you respond to things that, for the lack of a better word, um, cause you to experience that anger? So knowing what that outcome is, when coming into therapy, I think the other part of it is getting to know who the therapist is. Mm-hmm. Most of us have websites. Definitely. Most of us, you can go to Google, put our information in. We should populate um, psychology today. A lot of us are on psychology today. I'm also on therapy for black girls. Um, also listed in the um, black clinicians um, coalition. Um, I'm also listed in um Taraji P. Henson's um, foundation for um, therapists. So you can literally, the same way we Google everything else, you can Google a therapist, mm-hmm. read the bio, mm-hmm. read who they say their clients are, read what they state that they do to help you, mm-hmm. and then make, um, honestly, an informed decision on those things. Did you get a connection with that person when you read that that profile? Were they speaking your language? Were they even speaking to you, because if I'm looking for someone who can help me with anger, I'm not going to choose a therapist who says I only help people who suffer from schizophrenia. Yeah. Like it needs to match. So I need to find here a therapist who states that they work with people who suffer from emotional um, challenges, because that's the person who I know can help me with anger. And mm-hmm. so just doing the research and, and making the phone calls. Call people, talk to them on the phone. Most therapists, they do. They offer consultation calls and you can call and say, hey, you know, these are the things that I'm struggling with or these are my challenges. How, how do you help me? What does it look like in therapy beginning to end? Um, and I, I always tell people, if you reach out to somebody and you want to ask questions and they're not really open to answering your questions, mm-hmm. find somebody else. Like, that's okay. You know, I feel there has to be a connection for the relationship itself to work because you're honestly getting ready to invest in into a relationship with yeah. that person. Most people who I see, they come to therapy um, anywhere from six months up to one year. Um, I do have some clients who I, I've been with for two years, um, but it's almost like a check-in in a sense. Like they, every year when they do their check-in for their pap smear or their eyeglasses or whatever, they're like, oh, schedule my mental health check-in. And I think that's cool as well. Um, So just in making sure that the person you select can help you with what you say your challenge is, making sure that person answers the questions that you have, making sure that that person has the the time Mm -hmm. um, available to see you. And does that make sense for you? Whether you want to be in person or do you want to be virtual? So it's almost like, I hate to say this, but the best, I guess, visual I could give is no different than any doctor that you see. Hopefully you're asking those questions. Hopefully you're making sure that it is a good fit for you. And then hopefully the the therapist um, as well, if they don't think they're a good fit for you, they're telling you that. I don't think that I'm the right person 
to help you, but then here are some other resources that you can reach out to. And so the the, the bottom line to therapy, again, like I said, is because it's you and it's about you. That's why it starts off with ME. Um, be about yourself and, and don't be afraid to ask those questions because we can only help you with what you share. So true. So true. And you talked about different types of treatments based on the type of therapist that you are. Can you talk a little bit, just even from your own experience of what does treatment look like? If I'm thinking I want it, but I'm nervous because I don't know what to expect, what kind of things do we do in treatment? Yeah. So I, I love this question um, because a lot of people think like, why am I going to go pay somebody to talk to them when I, I can talk to my friends or family, or if you have a spouse, I can talk to my spouse. Um, you know, if you're religious by any means, you, you attend, you know, church, then I can, I can talk to my pastor or my co-pastor or whatever. And so people always say that, well, why, why would somebody pay you just to talk to them? And I'm like, well, they're not paying me to talk to me. Um, talking to me is free. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. You can meet me in a grocery store and see me and talk to me. That's free. In therapy, though, what you're paying for is for me to help you to learn how to problem solve. So there's teaching involved in therapy. A lot of people don't have the skill set, honestly, to problem solve. A lot of people are having to relearn behaviors that, and they don't even know where to start. What does it look like when somebody actually changes a behavior? Some people don't really understand that fully. So when you change your behavior, other things change. The people around you may even change. So how do you handle the guilt of changing, even though you're changing to better yourself? Mm-hmm. And, and so there are a lot of teaching that um, I feel takes place in therapy. There's a lot of people who share things they may have may not have shared with anybody ever um, in a physical form. Maybe they do share with their higher power, but they just haven't said it to anyone else. There's safety in therapy mm-hmm. because, again, therapy is... A part of your medical and mm-hmm. so we have to adhere to the same um, security levels and confidentiality as any medical personnel so when you come to me and you say something to me by law and by my code of ethics I can't share that with anybody yeah. I can't because I don't want to be sued and I've never been sued and I don't want to you know so we have the same thing the release of information you would actually have to sign a release for me to share your information with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is comfortability in therapy because it's a judge-free zone. Yeah. You're not paying me to judge you. And so I think that helps a lot of people when they come in as well. So for me, a start to finish on what treatment looks like, initially, like I said, go through the gamut of figuring out who you want to speak to. Then that next phase is coming in and completing um, an assessment. The assessment is looking for background information. Um, how long have you experienced experiences um, those challenges? Um, to what degree? Is it mild? Is it moderate? Is it severe? Mm-hmm. Um, d- did this happen maybe in childhood or these things that you're now experiencing currently? Is it related to any health conditions that may exist for you? Um, because sometimes mental health does reflect your physical. And so where people could be like, oh my God, I'm just feeling sluggish. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling down. And I'm like, hey, when's the last time did you have a, a checkup? When's the last time did you go get your blood work done? Mm-hmm. You know, 
um, how, how, how are your eating habits? Are you eating a lot of junk? Are you eating healthy? Are you walking at least 30 minutes a day? Like what, what else is happening? And so we do a full background assessment just to figure out what really may be happening um, for the client. So that's the initial, initial um, appointment is, is what's happened happens in that room. And then it goes to, okay, now how often should I see this person? What, mm -hmm. What's going to be beneficial um, for this person? And that also depends on the severity of what the challenges are. So there are some clients who I recommend every week for like the first um, two to three months. There are some clients who, are, who I'll say, hey, well, you can come every other week um, when they're first starting out. And then as we process through treatment, about every 90 days, we reassess. Okay. Or because you're going to create a treatment plan. So are these goals still applicable to what is happening? Have you achieved the goal? Do we need to remove a goal, add something different? And so we're always going to go back in and revisit what we're doing to make sure that is working for the client. Mm -hmm. I love and that. So that's needed. Oh, yeah. That's a process throughout because life happens. They change. Mm -hmm. Because I could come today and say, hey, I have a challenge myself with my husband um, and we need help. But then two weeks from now, I could come in and say, hey, things have changed. Now I'm pregnant. So now we got to figure this out. Yeah, that makes sense. So the treatment plan is, is a living, breathing document to me. We can change it at any time. Um, now that there's a baby that may, you know, be in our family, we need to think and look at that because now I'm scared about my parenting skills because the parenting that I had growing up, I, I felt wasn't adequate. So I'm scared that maybe I'll repeat this. So now we're dealing with that. And then let's say three months later, I don't know, now somebody breaks a leg. So we're down to one income and we're fighting back and forth about what bills do we cut? What things do we need to readjust? So life just comes at us so many different ways at times. And so having just a framework and a guide of, hey, these are the things that I said I know I need to be doing. But now that these other things are occurring, there are new things that are happening. How do we adjust to those things? How do we address now these things? And we can always do that in the treatment plan. And so I tell people that like when they come to me from a different provider, like what were your goals that you were working on? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people do have those. Sometimes people are like, I don't know what we were supposed to work on. And I'm like, okay, so then how do you know when you accomplish it if you don't first have the framework? Um, so all of those things should take place in, in those first, like I would say two to three sessions. Um, and you're doing that with your client because again, I, well, for me, let me speak for me as a therapist. I am not the expert on anybody's life. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm just the expert when it comes to mental health, coping skills, strategies, techniques, diagnosing. That's my wheelhouse. But when my client comes to me, they're, they're involved. Hey, mm -hmm. what are the things that you feel that you need to work on? How will this help you in, in improving your life or improving your communication or improving your work-life balance? So those are the things, but we have to do that with our clients. And so I always tell my clients the truth. This is a relationship. I'm going to give 100%. I need your 100% as well. Absolutely. Because it sounds like that's the best way for you to direct them. Like you said, you have the tools and the expertise, but you can't tell them how to work those tools without them fully telling you, this is what I need. This is where I'd like to go so that you can help them with those steps along the way. So I love that. What about therapy and counseling? Do you yes. feel people need to know that 
maybe you think that they don't know? Um, I think that they don't know that it's not an overnight process. Okay. I think a lot of people don't know that it's an overnight process. I don't think a lot of people know honestly how certain um, events have impacted them. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times people think that they have resolved certain things and then they find out years later, sometimes for most people that, hey, I really didn't address this. I kind of just pushed it under the rug and then I just moved on because that's what a lot of people are taught. Um, I was taught that as well. You, like you, whatever happens, you just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Don't don't worry about it too much. If you can fix it, fix it. If you can't, the, the, the bottom line was always you just move on. Mm -hmm. But then moving on, those thoughts, those feelings, they move on with us as well. And so then you'll see people um, easily angered, easily irritated, frustrated um, because they're seeing things that resemble certain things that they have experienced that they haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so I think people don't understand that. Um, like I said earlier, I think people don't fully understand that you can come in with one challenge. But mm -hmm. as you go through the process, you figure out that, hey, well, maybe that's not the most pertinent one. But now this is happening because sometimes people do, they get upset. They'll be like, oh, my God, every time I come here, there's something else. But then I have to remind them, think about the years. The average year for somebody to seek out mental health help is about 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you actually started having those issues or those challenges in middle school, mm -hmm. that's a long time for for feelings to just sit and and just fester there. And I call it like a slow cooker mm -hmm. is waiting, is waiting. And then at some point it boils over, mm -hmm. but we just don't know how it presents itself or what it's going to look like. And so I think a lot of times for people is almost like, I'm just really screwed up. And I'm like, but you're really not. You just never address these things. Yeah. And to your point with that, I think that there isn't really an agent because whether you're a teenager a child or a grown adult, like you said, there's things you've been carrying for a long time. And if you just kept suppressing it and never took the time to express it, it's just packing on and packing on. So do you have anything, you know, any advice even with that, that it doesn't matter what your age is, if you want help and you want to focus on you, like the best time is now? Almost definitely. Um, like I said, my office, we, we support an array of ages. So we, we have clients who are 14 up to 65. Okay. Um, and, and the thing too, it is, I would say at least with the, my older population, I would say it for most of them, it comes down to, I didn't have the time to focus on me because mm -hmm. I was a parent or because of work or because of my obligations um, as, as a spouse or because of my obligations of taking care of other people or putting these things first, I, I just didn't have the time, but now I do. And so it, it, there is no, I can't um, in my vocabulary. I, I like what you said, it's all about when, when can I do it? And even if you're not at a space where you can take the time to come into therapy. What can I do at home? What you can do at home is when you have thoughts that may be irrational or they cause you to feel um, 
strong emotions is write down, hey, what am, what am I thinking right now? Mm-hmm. What is making me think this? How am I feeling now that I'm thinking this? What can I change about what the thought is? Because your thoughts generate most of the time what we feel. Mm-hmm. And then your feelings generate how you show that outwardly. So what I tell people is it's like a basic crayon box to me. When when I teach about feelings, there's like angry, sad, happy, mad. We get that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we teach our little kids. That's what's on the little charts. Yeah. Smiley face, sad face. So we get it. However, those things that people see outwardly are just the symptoms. They still don't truly know what's happening internally for us. So yeah, I can tell somebody like, oh my gosh, I just get so mad. Okay, that's what you show. But mm-hmm. what causes that? What causes that? Are, are you mad because you feel rejected? Or you feel disappointed? Or you're feeling embarrassed? What causes that? And that's the piece that a lot of people don't even know to focus on. Mm-hmm. You're not a person who's just angry. I get that. I get that phone call all the time. Yeah, because I just got anger issues. I'm like, that's cute. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. You didn't just wake up angry. What happened? You know, how did you feel? And then when I start talking to them about feelings, they're like, I will. But it never connected the dots. And a lot of people don't because, again, that's not how we communicate on a day-to-day basis. We don't. So true. So true. What encouraging words would you want to give to the people that are listening right now that are even thinking about therapy or to your point where you said if you're not at a place that you can even, you know, take that on right now, writing it down, what would be that? If you could only say one thing to them, what would that be to encourage them even in this moment in the present state they're in right now? I, I would tell them, honestly, be present with themselves mm-hmm. as much as they can. Decrease distractions. Mm-hmm. And the distractions are what they are. Our cell phones, television, mm-hmm. conversations that may not be healthy, mm-hmm. activities that again, may not be healthy. How many distractions can you decrease so that you can increase being present for yourself Mm -hmm. and then get comfortable with self? Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing thoughts that are irrational or negative, don't just deem yourself as somebody who has issues or you're a bad person. No, challenge yourself. Challenge those thoughts. What is making me have this thought right now? Mm -hmm challenge anything that's going to be irrational feel what you're feeling i think a lot of people are afraid of feelings because we've been taught to be strong but feel your feelings your feelings Mm -hmm. tell a story but you won't be able to address it if you don't pay attention to it then you have to know what those feelings are and so i always encourage everybody do what feels comfortable for you. Make the best choice for you. A lot of things come down to the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. So make the best choice for you because in making the best choice for yourself, hopefully what that would do is be supportive in all the other things that exist for you. Because if I do right by me, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with nine. I'm nine times more likely to do what's right by other people. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, perfect sense. 
what if people are listening right now and they want to connect with you? What is the best way for them to be able to connect with you? Um, they can connect with us um, via the website. Um, it's refinedbeginningscounseling.com. Okay. I'm also on Facebook as Refined Beginnings. I'm okay. on Instagram as Refined Beginnings. So there are several ways they can connect with, with, with us. Because um, okay. like I said, again, it's myself. I have two other therapists who work for me as okay. well. Um, and so we're always open to coming to events, speaking, networking, um, because we all bring different things to um, the table. So my youngest therapist is 26. My next therapist is 10 years older and then I'm 10 years older. So I'm the oldest at 46. So we try to cover all, all the bases. Um, we utilize different things. We, we definitely do the traditional talk therapy. Um, we also do music therapy. We do sound therapy. We believe in meditation. Um, we try to make it work. We do play therapy with adults. Um, Cause it's just the truth. People learn through play. So Sometimes that helps people with their inner child doing some things that they quite didn't get the chance to do. Um, so a lot of different things take place in, in, in therapy. It can, like I said, it can be medical issues that people come to therapy. It can be just for transitions, going from one job to the next. It could be I'm getting divorced. It could be I'm getting married. Um, like I said before, it could be I'm a new mom. Um, it, it could be just stress at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be I had one client who was trying to mentally prepare to move to a, a whole different country. Um, and yeah, black female, phenomenal. I'm so proud of her. Um, and so just in dealing with her family, because, of course, they love her. They didn't want her to go, um, but she needed to for herself. So even helping her to work through that and then working with her family to understand that this is something that she needed to do. So it's so many different things that people come into therapy for um, career counseling. People come to therapy for, um, we have students who come to us who are just having anxiety about testing, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out their path, their journey. Um, and then we have, like I said, um, the traditional, you know, I have clients who come for depression, who come for anxiety um, that exists as well. So it, it's a gamut of things that can help in therapy and so, again, just knowing what it is that that you're seeking and what you want your outcome to be, be becomes important. Absolutely, absolutely. My favorite thing is that you said mental health starts with me, starts with me. I'm like, I never thought about it like that. But I love that approach. And I really just appreciate your time today. I can't wait for everybody to reach out, you know, for help and continuing to be able to take away that stigmatism of therapy and counseling. That really is a good thing. It's prioritizing yourself and putting yourself first and it's never too late to get started. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, no, just like if I'm not your person or one of my therapists is not your person, I promise you, contrary to what social media says, there are a lot of black therapists if you want a black therapist, male and female. Um, we are out here. We are ready to to help. We are ready to do the work. Um, the ones that I've met are very relatable, very relaxed, very easy to get along with, very knowledgeable. We're experts um, out here um, in this field. And again, like I said, I'm not against any other race um, who's also out here in the helping field and, and their therapist. It's still about you, who you connect with, who you feel can help you. That's just like the the bottom line. But if you do need help, 
just seek the help. Nobody has to know because it's nobody's business. So true. So true. It's just between you and your therapist. So I love it. I love That's it. That's it. Thank you again so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And the knowledge that you've brought to so many that maybe we're even just ignorant to the fact of what therapy is and what it can do for them. So I appreciate you sharing um, your transparency of your journey of how you even decided to do therapy and then what it's meant since then and how you can help other people. So I appreciate it. And thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And for my other people out there, you can have Jesus in a therapist. Trust me. Yes. Amen. I have both. Absolutely. I have both. You need both. Yes. Same. You need both. <laughs> so true. So true. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. We hope that you are leaving feeling equipped to think with purpose, empowered to act in purpose, and encouraged to live on purpose. If you aren't sure where to start and you would like to have the first five truths to help you build that foundation to start thinking with purpose, head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped so that you can download those first five truths of getting you started to think with purpose and really pursuing all that God created you to be. I'm excited to do this journey with you. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins.